In a world ravaged by a deadly virus, a world destroyed and empty, the few remaining survivors emerge, staggering and blinking into a new kind of sunlight, a new hope, a new belief, only to find the danger has returned, fitter, faster, deadlier, and more mutated than ever before. The Omicron variant. This time, COVID means business. Omicron. A world brought to its knees. We never hope, Grandma. Welcome to another episode of Fight with Shawnee B. That was our opening salvo on what is happening in the world. We're broadcasting from Dublin on Sunday the 28th of uh, November. By the time this podcast comes out tomorrow, Monday, it may be completely redundant at the speed this new COVID variant is uh, causing everyone in the world into some sense of mass hysteria. I'm with the Don as ever. Hello, the Don. You are your target audience, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) A podcast listened to by people who are on the podcast. Speaking of people who are on the podcast, um, and we will talk about Omicron, or Omnicom, as I call it, those who listen, who know anything about advertising. Um, One of the big advertising agency groups is called Omnicom. I'm sure they're delighted at the choice of moniker for the new variant and mutation. A past guest of the show, uh, Donald O'Neill. If you scroll back, you can find him. He's a, uh, a guy who's very focused on nutrition and how the food that we're eating is killing us slowly, causing diabetes and obesity and what we can do to remedy that. But he's also uh, just unveiled this weekend his, I don't know what you'd call it, res- alternative response to COVID. It's called the COVID Chronicles, uh, which we were both very lucky to receive an advanced screening of. I think it only just premiered the other day. Uh, as Donald has said to me, it is uh, aging like a piece of fresh fish <laughs> because it was all done before the latest developments. Donald's agenda, I asked him to give me his agenda, was to identify some threads that may or may not weave themselves into something constructive over time. It will be fine to be proven wrong, right or right in either direction with time. And the movie is called COVID Chronicles. And if you go to www.covidchroniclesmovie.com, you can see it. We reviewed it. We're very good friends with Donald, but we didn't like it for a number of reasons. I think it was a well-made documentary. It was interesting how it was gone about. There were a few issues. I mean, look, bottom line, I differ in opinion. I've, there's, there's a huge gap between where I come down. I, 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 in fairness to Donald, he was kind of saying he's, he's not digging in 100% as to what he thinks on anything but seeking but like and likewise me but we're we're worlds apart in what we think about quite a lot of the COVID stuff which is fair enough I also uh, couldn't fucking stand your man he had with, with him in the <laughs> which yeah, didn't help he, he was the, fucking the, awful the, the main problem is he's got this suit I don't, well maybe he's a real doctor and he comes across as an absolute odious twerp his name I don't is, think he ever claimed you know he didn't ever claim to be a doctor in fairness to his him his name is Dr. Ivor Mecton I think that's <laughs> his name <laughs> 
And he is just this, he's got a fucking ego the size of South Africa. And he's one of these guys who goes, I know from the numbers, I know how to skin the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I can work it out. I'm brilliant. And he's just an absolute like he's, look, he's that guy that you, when you look at him, it's like the incredible arrogance and yeah. just, he's, he's got an icky smarminess about him. Not yeah. just because, and I was thinking, how much of this now? Would you think this if he was saying, if you didn't totally disagree with what he's saying? Went, yeah, he's awful. Like, if you turned up to a date from Tinder and that turned up, you yeah. turn on your heel and go. You'd yeah. be like, absolutely not. He's going to be a fucking nightmare. I'm also going to find it very hard to give a fair review or to even decide myself what I think of the documentary because when you think about, if you had a large family gathering, and you think about what dickhead's going to come in with the anti-mask shit and the I know better. And it's going to be that smarmy fucker that can't get a girlfriend, although he seems to have a wife. It's going to be that fuck that nobody likes. Yeah. And he's, and he, so he's, in fairness, I don't think it does the I don't think it does the documentary any favours because as soon as you see him, it's very hard not to discredit the whole thing as shite. There's a certain personality that all of these fucking anti-vax Facebook group runners have and he he reeks of it. So Well and oh, to be you know, to be not to be fair to Diver to Dr. Ivor Mechton <coughs> Mechton is possibly not his surname, but uh, we'll come to that later. I I've he does have a huge following. He's kind of like a Fox News clone. He's like a Sean Hannity or a Tucker Carlson kind of guy. And he seems to love that and he's proud of that. And he apparently has a no, a great following as well of people who are happy to swallow what he says. The only problem I had with the documentary, the main problem I had was I thought it was irresponsible for them to fucking start questioning masks. Yeah. Okay, I mean masks. Maybe there is inconclusive evidence out there, but there, you know, you, we we can't just double down on some bullshit okay. like that. There's a there's a part of all of this uh, in terms of interventions, in terms of how we behave. Mm. It's behavioral science, how people behave. Masks, even if they don't, the first thing is if masks don't work, then why do people in yeah. hospitals, nurses, etc., all wear masks? But before we let's even let's even take the idea of imagine that masks offer absolutely no protection whatsoever, not even a little bit. It's still hygiene theatre. Then you go fine, okay. Hygiene theatre serves a purpose, mm. but and, and what damage is it doing? So even if they didn't work at all, even if they had absolutely no benefit, the hygiene theatre in and of itself. I remember. When I had my son, we didn't go many places. I had him in the shopping centre because we had to get stuff for going back to school. And he doesn't have to wear a mask. And he'd, he'd be too young to anyway. But I said, put on a mask. And he said, but I, I'm, I don't have to wear a mask. And I said, no, you do have to wear a mask. And he was like, why? And I said, because I don't want rat liquor standing on top of me. And the mask, especially if a mask is on a child when there doesn't have to be one, is a sign, piss off and don't stand on top of me. Yeah, I mean, that, so, that, so the point is, uh, one, I think masks, uh, the, the jury slept. But two... You know, it's a bit like when you say you can only go into a pub for an hour and a half or you, can, you have to have a meal when you go into a pub, which we had last year. And everyone's given out, why do you have to have a meal? The point is that you just, you cause the populace to understand it's fucking serious and we need to, we need to behave accordingly. So as soon as you put a mask on, you're saying to yourself, I need to be careful. Yeah. And as soon as you don't have a mask on and you start hawing and coughing and shouting over people, well, that's how the virus spreads. Mm. And that's what I found most irresponsible in, in, the, in the film. But anyway, go and have a look at it. It's as Donald would himself admit. <laughs> and, and by the way, Donald lives in South Africa. So he um, is, is at the epicenter of all this. And, you know, the word out of South Africa with the new uh, Omicron, Omicron variant. <laughs> I keep thinking Omicron. The new, I'm going to call it the Omicron. The new Omicron variant is that there are some signs. And again, it's really early days. Yet this has only popped up in the last four days globally. South Africans are upset that the travel bans have come into place. They feel they're being unfairly victimized for their alert science, 
I think the uh, disease was first noted in Botswana, but South African scientists have been first to, I don't know, chart it or whatever, uh, to, to find it and, and spread the word. And now suddenly there's, there's travel bans all over all over the world from African countries, which, you know what, it's already in the UK, it's in Belgium, it's possibly likely to be in Holland, it's possibly even here. Oh, so, it's probably here. So I understand what countries are doing, because the last time, if you remember, all the way back in 2020, when we were stalling on Wuhan and Chinese flights and all that kind of stuff, and Donald Trump was going, hey, stop the Chinese flights, that as if that was going to help prevent the illness ravaging America in the way it has. I mean, so my, my thoughts on that are this. If it's not here already, it's going to get here. We know that. And I can understand if you're in South Africa being pissed off, kind of going, oh, Jesus, like every time we fucking are tops, we have great scientists and every time we identify something, now we're being penalised and there's so much poverty there as well. So I can I can totally understand that. But at the same time, if you think of Ireland alone, we have our elderly people have had their boosters. Over 60s are getting them. Over 50s, some people have been able to, so we're getting there. The FDA approved uh, vaccines for children a while ago, but the EMA, that's the European one, only the other day. So my kids are 11 and eight and a half. They couldn't get vaccinated. So now that this is approved, it looks like in around New Year's Eve, so in around there, I'm hoping they'll have had their first shot. But that means they won't be vaccinated going back in January after the Christmas break. They won't be fully effective, but over the Christmas break, I'm hoping that's when they'll be vaccinated. And I, I had my Pfizer shots in August and September so I won't be eligible to be getting a booster just yet but the whole population is going to be a whole lot better vaccinated Mm. come January if it's not piling in here quickly before Christmas I'd really rather not not rush it Mm. but I can understand the frustration coming from a different country but from an Irish point of view I'm going well we can't cope with it flooding in right now Mm. we can't cope I mean, another way of looking at it, and again, very, very early days yet, very small numbers of infections, uh, although massive escalation in terms of how quickly it is spreading, this new uh, variant. Uh, Some suggestions coming from South Africa via Donald are that it's apparently not appearing to be as as deadly. And one theory on viruses is that they can mutate to make themselves very uh, spreadable but uh, less less, less morbidity. And that may be the case here. So we're all sitting around not knowing. And as I said, this may be. uh, But the other thing that's happening is we've had a lockdown in Austria. We've had lockdown coming in Netherlands. We're coming from a place here in Ireland where uh, 7% of the over 12s population have not been vaccinated. 93% have. But 46% of people presenting in ICUs are unvaccinated. So the number of people who are getting very ill on this thing tends to skew heavily towards unvaccinated. So we have this thing happening with uh, violence on the street, rioting, all the usual stuff you expect, marches here in Dublin against things like this is like the Nazis. This is people being discriminated against because they don't want to receive a vaccine. And they should be allowed to live there. The libertarian view. There are people out there who have problems medically with vaccines, who are allergic to them and stuff like that. And But the key thing here, I think, is that this foment of anger on the streets is egregious and is actually coming from nefarious, is being driven nefariously by people with another agenda, mainly the far right. Mm. And I don't know what to do about that. It's like, or what to say about that? Because people will swallow lack of trust in government, lack of trust in big pharma, lack of trust of scientists, yeah. lack of trust, you know, and they just tie themselves up in knots. It's exactly the same as QAnon. 
you know, people would get angry and violent. And I think Austria made a mistake by trying to introduce mandatory vaccines because that just makes people more angry. And again, it's back to this behavioural thing. Yeah, so I you mean, you have a big mob. Look, the problem is the amount of people who got vaccinated so they can go to the pub. Young people here in the summer were fucking climbing over each other to get the vaccine. I don't blame them, but the reason they were so mentally trying to mostly was because they wanted to go to festivals. They want, like, you know, they want to have a life. They're like, things are coming in. We want to have the fucking job. Fair enough. That's no criticism. But the reality is, if it wasn't worth their while, an awful lot of people wouldn't bother their whole getting vaccinated. And we have this problem. So for a, for a variant to be considered a variant of concern, it has to meet one of three criteria. First criteria being that it's more transmissible. Second criteria that it's going to make you more sick. Third criteria is that public health measures, vaccines, restrictions, all those things will not be able to hold up against it. Mm. So what we know so far is that it is more transmissible. Don't know so far whether it's going to make you sicker or not. And I think, you know, realistically, the third one is probably dependent on the second one. And we, we can't work that out so far because the vaccination rates are so low in the countries where we have data coming from. Mm. We already know it's more contagious, but we've no idea what's going to behave like in a highly vaccinated population. So we just have to wait and see. Yeah, we're in, a, we're in a, a holding pattern. We're better to act rather than wait. Like there's only 25% of the population of South Africa, for example, have got a vaccine. As far as I know, they seem to be the most latest figures. And one of the things that Donald focuses, which I thought was a good part, an interesting part of, of the COVID Chronicles documentary, was the township in, in South Africa. Apparently, you know that I call them townships. There's another word for them. I can't remember where it is. But um, there was, you know, a cheek by jowl, corrugated, you know, I'm not sure you're definitely not allowed to call them slums, but, you know, one of those kind of big, big conurbations where people yeah. are living. And they, it seemed to blow through that without causing much damage. So they're working, they're trying to work out, well, how, why did that happen? Now, they did have some interesting interventions. They did have contact tracing. There were people going in in hazmat suits into this place every day. But there's also a theory that, you know, the same applies in Asia, where there's an awful lot of these coronaviruses, that people who are living cheek by jowl in these big cities Guangzhou, wet markets, all this kind of mm. stuff, that they get exposed to so many fucking viruses. That yeah. their, their immune system is just lo- loaded up and ready to go. Yeah. And the was, same may apply with South Africa, where you've got, you know, you've got TB, you've got AIDS, you've got all, you know, malaria, you've got all of these things attacking people. So their, their, their immunity is strong. Whereas the big fat American who gorges on burgers and milkshakes or Irish person with diabetes and no fitness, no, you know, they're just, cannon fodder the reason we're probably in this hole right now is the inequity of how we hoarded vaccines how we didn't look after the poorest of the poor in the poorest countries of the world and that's where it's going to mutate and that's where the next yeah. one's going to come out and bite us so there's a guy on um twitter called jeremy farrar who's done a really interesting sort of nine point non-hysteric just things to think about given this new thing and as we speak breaking news on the New York Times is that the those of you who are following this closely, um, there were two flights came in from South Africa to the Netherlands with 61 people infected. 13 of those have, have the uh, Omicron virus. So it's gonna it's not South Africa's issue. It's not Africa's coming first. Um, but he talks about, he, it's worth looking him up with this guy, Jeremy Farrar. I won't read them because I think you've covered some of the points already. But that... The, the, um, one of the things he talks about is enlightened self is enlightened self interest, you know that, that the new variants are a reminder if we needed it that the pandemic is far from over. Inequity is what will extend the pandemic. We do need to do inclusive public health, 
better including urgent equitable access to vaccines and all the tools needed to stop the pandemic so we need to get vaccines not just into the Western world, but into every part of the world. Every human being needs to be able to get access to these things. But I mean, the problem straight away there is, if you, th- if you think about right now, and we're living in the West, and mm. even if we just think of what we know, where, where Ireland is at in our vaccination. Mm. Elderly people have been boosted, so that's good. And then, the, so when we see this new, more transmissible variant, we have no idea whether it's going to make us sicker or not. Mm. We're going, oh, bollocks, Right. Because there's a bit of an argument as to are we going to focus on our own boosters? Are we going to focus on the kids' vaccines? Or are we going to focus on making sure that the vaccines get to the countries who have low vaccination? But, I don't think it's either or. Uh, and it shouldn't be either or. But I, I, I see the problem being that when people start to give a fuck about you know the poorer countries because they're going, oh shit, here's more variants. We need to do something about that. Is exactly the time when they start going, oh fuck, I want the booster in my arm yeah. and I want my... So it's kind of like... That's the problem. But it's still selfish. Yeah, no, you it know, is. It's better to have... I I would give up a vaccine booster now you know, if I knew 10 people would get the AstraZeneca vaccine in wherever, right? Mm. Because the, the, the other thing to remember with all this is that you die... I mean, maybe, these may be apocryphal words. I may be dead by next week. <laughs> but uh, in which case, keep the podcast going, baby. Um, but, there's, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a thing where... Like, we can't feed the poor. I think we said this in the podcast before. There's probably 5,000 kids a day today in mainly Africa and mainly Asia who are going to die of starvation. Mm. And that's nothing to do with the fact that we don't have enough food. Yeah. So we can't. We won't feed the poor. So we need no more than climate change, which we'll come to in a minute, which is we need to get to a point where we fix the distribution problem. Mm. And the distribution problem applies to COVID vaccines in just the same way as it applies to food. In fact, why not have a truck that has COVID vaccines and food in it while you're at it, right? And build a new logistical distribution to allow it to happen. We can, I mean, I'm just yeah. how quickly we got it done here. I mean, like it's, it's literally, to, we have to start acting like a global population. Mm. And what's really interesting there is that from the people who are very kind of conspiracy theory and hate all this, it's all this kind of new global elite. It's like this globalist, they're trying to make us all one world. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, yeah, but think of climate change. Think of world poverty. Think of disease. And now think of pandemics and shit that's going to affect us. So whether it's because we're actually caring about others or caring about ourselves, the reality is we have to act as a world. We can't do anything about the climate. The world's on fucking fire. And unless we were acting as a world, like we live most of our time on the internet and yet we don't have a UN for the internet. We don't have any governing body in charge of this other world that most half the world is spending most of their time on. So we have to start thinking as a global population. But what's so funny is that all of these people who have othering opinions about COVID and it's all shite and their big concern is that oh they're going to turn us into a global population yeah because we fucking need to we need to start behaving like that we need to be a global society and we need to be global citizens Mm. but the idea that that's a threat is quite interesting and it just shows this selfishness to its core well you know one of most of the people who I've encountered and I have you know it's a bit like when the Donald Trump thing was going on I was listening to fucking Sean Hannity and Fox News because I don't get yeah, out in my echo chamber and I needed to know what, what half the population of America is being told. And the problem I have is I've never, I've yet to meet a, an anti-vaxxer or a, uh, you know, a protester about fucking my lib, my civil liberties and mask wearing and fucking COVID passports and all that Nazi shit and fascist shit that comes out. Who's got a fucking brain in their head? 
about this sort of thing. They say things like, oh, do your own research. Fuck your own research. Your own research is you online yes. fucking, you know, listening to Tucker Carlson. Or do your own, when they say do your own research. Guy who thinks he can fucking skin the numbers a different way. And maybe he can skin the numbers a different way. But this... this I did my research. Really? Can you show me your peer-reviewed study? Yeah. But, the, <laughs> it, but the, the bottom line is, it's big pharma. It's fucking the government. They're just, they're just trying to control us. And you end up with this kind of... In, there's people running out there going, oh, it's a conspiracy, it doesn't exist, you know, and there, there's various lines on that spectrum. But there's a great documentary you should try and seek out, uh, anyone listening, called Vaccine, which was done by Panorama, and it was about all of the com- the scientists in the four corners of the world. They had people, docu- they had cameras in Australia with the Queensland uh, vaccine, which was shut down just as it was about to approve because the last minute it was triggering false positives for HIV, dead. The Chinese ran into trouble because they had a zero COVID policy, so they didn't have enough COVID people in the country to test their vaccines. All of these people scrambling from February 2020 through to December of 2020 to try and get a vaccine made. Pfizer having to spend half a trillion dollars. Big Pharma, yeah, Big Pharma. They spent half a trillion dollars on refrigeration units before they had a vaccine. Before they had a vaccine. Mm. Someone in Pfizer had to sign a check going, okay, because they knew if they did come up with the vaccine, it would need to be frozen and, and kept at very, yeah. very cold temperatures. So they sanctioned, you know, so it was wartime. And meanwhile, some dickhead in his pajamas and a computer is spreading this, oh, it's all a fucking conspiracy. And when you watch this against the reality, if it is a conspiracy, what's the fucking conspiracy? What's the agenda? And then listen to yourself. You know, oh, they're trying to take over the world. Bill Gates is trying to inject us with something. Like, listen to yourself. Yeah, I just... I could, when you try and get into the mindset, you go, okay, now I have a healthy distrust of authority and I'm a fucking question asker and I have always been a question mm. asker and you're like that. We get in trouble, we get up people's noses, we ask questions. I was a well-behaved child, but I couldn't fucking stop if I had a question. I'm like, I call bullshit on that. Yeah. So I'm suspicious by fucking nature. But when you see things like, okay, big pharma, big pharma is a thing. Coming out of the US and the way they view health as a commodity, it's fucking, it's atrocious. Yeah. It's atrocious. There are baddies there. And, you know, if I look here, the government here lying through their fucking holes about schools being safe when they weren't and then lying about having said that. So when you see bad faith actors in general that you've no fucking respect for, I can understand people go, hmm. But you're going, okay, but everybody else. And I see it like it's kind of starts in America and it's this thing of the government are in. And I'm going, okay, the US government may be bending over backwards for different lobby groups. And I'm not saying that no other government does, but it's a very American thing that lobby groups run fucking everything. And it's also a very American thing that they think that the entire world does what they do. And they think they're the centre of the fucking universe. So what I know that the all of these theories come from the US and then they come to some little MMA dickhead that's pissed off he can't get into his gym here and it's the first time he's ever been the smartest person in the room or so he thinks. It generally tends to be who populates these groups here out of their mad box bedroom. So you think our government has decided because your government wants to take money from Big Pharma and Pfizer and all this, you think that our government, government in Denmark, in Austria and all these different European places go, oh, well, if Joe Biden says so, that we're going to do that too. You think that we all dance to your fucking tune. Yeah. You think that every sign, mm. every immunologist in every university here and around Europe and around all around the world, we all are going to do what's going to suit your whichever Democrats or Republicans. And it actually, when you follow it, 
anytime I try and follow this thread, it always leads back to that. And I'm going, the arrogance to think <laughs> that the entire world is going to dance to your tune just because you're... The, the, the tune of... Because the US have been the worst... Like, fuck the I know, US but this, if you like look... They're... No, but if you look at the conspiracy theories and the... the, the, the it's all... All of those come act, act, they do, if you follow the thread, they all go back to the US yeah. and they all go back to a very US centric idea that everything is for sale and lobby groups can do whatever the fuck they want. And yes, there's corruption everywhere, but the, everywhere is not the US. The US is a third world country wearing a Gucci belt. Well, it's libertarianism, as they call it, and they believe every, the government should not be involved. The key problem here is, and what's your razor thing that you found? Oh, yeah. So everyone knows the Occam's razor, which is simpler. Which we talked about in the last Yeah, episode. the simpler explanations are most likely to be correct. So avoid, avoid unnecessary and probable assumptions. Hanlon's razor is never a tribute to malice, that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. Yeah. And so my point in this is, if, and I've said this before, if there's anything that this vir- this situation with COVID has shown us, is how stupid we are as a species. I mean that amongst my friends. I mean that amongst educated people. Mm. I mean that amongst the crunchy salad eating fucking soccer moms who go out and, uh, you know, meet over lunch and they're anti-vax because they don't want p- p- putting something into their Johnny because their Johnny eats perfectly bio-organic food. And so nothing could possibly happen to my little Johnny. So I'm not going to vaccine. And that's how vaccines fail, by the way. You tick. So we have this stupidity. And yeah. if you have this stupidity, guess what? You have to fucking treat them like imbeciles. So yeah. you have to come up with, you have to wear a mask. You can't come in here without a vaccine, sir. And they're like going, this is like the Gestapo. They're like saying, the vaccine, they're, they're saying that that little, you know, that little, uh, uh, what's it called? The, the fucking... Vaccine search. No, the thing that, what, they, I never remember the name of these things. That are, the, the thing you scan, the barcode. That's the what I mean, the QR code. That's a QR code. Yeah, the, the, your, your suddenly, digital code passport. Suddenly the world finds a reason for QR codes, by the way. <laughs> nobody <laughs> fucking used them in the past. I remember when they came out first about 15 years ago, everyone thought this was going to be the great new thing, but no one fucking... And even yeah. the people who were trying to scan them, find people, people say that the QR code is like a swastika. And it's like, you know, we turn into like the, the people saying this is like the Gestapo and I have a bit about the Gestapo. It's like, imagine if you and I were in the Gestapo. Yeah. We did this thing once where we were having a smoke out the window and I, we were looking out over sort of dreary rings end where we live and it was a horrible day. But we were going, imagine if myself and the Don worked in the Gestapo in old East Germany and we were, you know, we had, you know, maybe a couple of kids and we lived in some shitty grey flat and we had to come home and shine our boots every night and... <laughs> <laughs> How was your day? Uh, he was shouting at me. We had to line up and he was shouting. At me. I hate I the way was out I was spying on our neighbours with a fucking camera and I was beating up a small child for cycling on the footpath. <laughs> you know. And I, well, look, I get to work from home because of the kids, so I've been curtain twitching. <laughs> How was your day, dear? I shot Mrs. O'Reilly from down the road. Why? I shot her in the head because she was Jewish. Oh, did you? I didn't realise she was just exactly. I saw a menorah. I saw a menorah. In the world. She had a menorah poking out of her handbag. Have your have your borscht. <laughs> you know, people. I mean, the people who do that. It's like the, the people in the concentration guys. Well, I didn't kill all the Jews. I just flicked the switch when the guy told me to flick the switch. I didn't realise it was all going to be full of gas in there. Well, then what happened the second time? Well, the second time, of course, once you know it happens. Well, if you, this is happening, I'm not going to be able to change anything. So we have all these stupid people out there, and this applies to the fact that we're definitely not going to fix climate change. We're definitely not going to fix this I mean, because we're stupid. As to the stupidity, right? So 
we had COVID in our house since the last podcast. Mm. Um, my son had it. That was a big development. Yeah. So my son is eight and he had COVID and he was... Unan. <laughs> Unan is his stage name. <laughs> and he's, he's fine now and he was very mild, almost asymptomatic. What actually happened was my mum came home with a filthy chest infection, which she generously coughed all over me as I said, go to your room, go to your room, I'll go to the chemistry, just piss off. So th- then I gave you the fucking chest infection. So we thought, all right, fuck it. I better bring, go, just go and get the household PCR tested. And my mother, by this stage, was fucking death's door. I was thinking, oh, fuck. So we came back and we got the PCR tests done. The kids, it was just because they're in the house, responsible, don't be sending them to school. I think we better do it. Get my daughter's result back. She's fine. She doesn't have it. I thought, grand, okay, obviously it's just chest infection. Then his comes through and he has it. And I went, oh, fuck, right, we obviously have it. And then it turned out we don't have it. So I had, I was faced with the lovely thing of trying to isolate with a child who has COVID and a mother who is very, very, very ill with a chest infection and is, you know, bordering on having to go to hospital, but doesn't have COVID. And if she catches COVID, by the way, her, she got a shit vaccine and she hadn't been boosted yet. So she's like, fuck all vaccination for her. So I was thinking, fuck, this will kill her. So that was my fun time. But in in knowing that my son had COVID, immediately I went onto the class WhatsApp because the schools don't really share information. I went on, it was a Thursday, I went on straight away and said, look, just so you know, he's tested positive for COVID. He was in school on Monday for a couple of hours. So if, if any of you were going to visit grandparents, that I just thought I'd let you know that because yeah. I'm not a fucking cunt. Yeah. And this is on a Thursday, right? So we're still isolating on Monday. And I, and so, uh, suddenly on Monday, you see a load of them are kind of, oh, well, ta- we might take antigen tests. Thanks for, very much for letting us know. Some of them went and got PCR testing. And somebody on the class WhatsApp, and this is a nice woman who's usually quite intelligent, said, I have had to collect little Mary because I got the text to say she had PR test positive. What that means is she felt it pertinent to not only take the antigen tests, which is what everybody was doing, but she felt there was obviously enough symptoms in her house that she took her entire household, which is a large household, to get PCR tests. And then she sent little Mary to school while awaiting results. (sighs) It's this level of fucking stupid. Imagine, imagine having to rock up to the school and say, and admit, I sent a child that I've, that, that was important enough to get PCR tests. I sent her to school knowing I'm awaiting results and now I have to collect her. That level of fucking stupid. So all the way back through this, the mask wearing, the, oh, I can't wear a mask because I've got this, this and this. And all this, oh, well, I need to go on holiday. So, but it's all greed. It's it, it, like, it's greed at every level. It's greed at, mm. it's not working class versus upper class, although there's a lot of that because they've got more money. It's, fucking it doesn't suit me. It's entitlement. It doesn't fucking suit me. So I'm going to come up with a reason why this is all some massive fucking conspiracy. Yeah. And the same applied to climate change. Like we've just finished COP26. There were 25 other cops and we haven't really heard of them. <laughs> That's the way to look at this. There were, t- and I presume they happen annually, right? So there's 25 years of cops and suddenly this one's important and suddenly this one's not important because this one gets absolutely fucking steamrolled, especially late on. There was the, that twerk from Britain who was running it starts crying because the Indians and the Chinese said we might look at reducing coal or something. They put in some furfy word in there. The whole thing was a fucking disaster. You know, as we said in the podcast, but it's nice before, that they all flew in to do it. And they all flew in because <laughs> like, we couldn't possibly. It's not as if we have this thing that we've been working on for the past two years, which is like fucking Zoom and shit like that. We couldn't. It's not as if we'd be prepared with that sort of technology after a two-year fucking pandemic. Yeah, to Scotland, one of the biggest oil producers in Europe per capita. So you end up with this kind of just like you know, and, and everyone's like looking at uh, looking at what you call her a Thunberg going. Oh, look, she, give it a rest. We're, we're, you know, and everyone, and you couldn't fucking write then it. when you come back, like, oh, by the way, thank you all for your uh, embracing of the cow nappy at the last episode. It's uh, we're, we're still looking for uh, venture capitalists to help us with that. 
But when you look at what happens afterwards, and even you look at this country and the bullshit, you know, oh, they're going to take away our cars, or they're going to take away this, or they're going to take away... And we don't... We're only a small country. Why doesn't fucking China do it? And why, that's all stupidity. Oh, well. do you want to hear my favourite stupidity this week out of this country? And it is related to COVID and all that, but it, I, I, was, I thought about when you were saying about the... I was saying they all flew in for this thing that they could have done on Zoom yeah. to show how important it is not to burn the world. <laughs> So you know we're getting a new bank holiday. I think it's because we've we're behind the European average or whatever. We have to, we have to introduce a new bank holiday anyway. So Irish, the people, Irish people simply work too hard. We just yeah, no, it's a thing, right? So the government had been floating the idea of how do we thank the frontline workers? Let's introduce. So what they're doing this year, right? It's supposed to be Bridges Day, which is the first of February. It's the marking of the first abortionist saint. Yeah, well, the people were given out as a saint, but she was actually stolen by Christianity, where she was a goddess of the goddess of abortion. Anyway, it's good, but they, the government said we're going to do it to honor the frontline health workers this year. It's going to be to honor them, but we won't do it in uh, February because that might be a slap in the face to them because we're, we're not far enough. So what they're going to do now is they're going to give it to us the day after Paddy's Day. So we're going to have double Paddy's Day. Paddy's Day is on Thursday, so we're going to have Thursday right through to Sunday, so that. The frontline healthcare workers, like you know, like the nurses that work that work in A and E and don't get bank holidays off, they can deal with people four days in a row on the fucking lash coming in. And by the way, since it's closed on the Friday, since bank holiday, um, GPs won't be open. (laughs) So to thank the nurses, what we've decided to do is to give the rest of us a day off at the worst time possible to make sure that the most drunken cunts come in to a skeleton staff with no GPs open. Are you fucking serious? Now, you listen to that coming from us and you go, well, you know, conspiracy. This is not conspiracy. There's also capitalism at work. That's capitalism at work. That's lobbying, as the Don said. That's, that's, should we give it in in February, arguably the most dreary month of the year where nothing fucking happens except Valentine's Day, which is nauseating and also marketing. Or should we make a four day weekend for people to fly in and we make loads of money off? Should we reinvent Arthur's Day under a different (laughs) disguise? We want to make a Paddy's Day festival where lots of people are going to travel. You know, all the Americans that couldn't for a year and booked and couldn't and booked and couldn't. That's what we're at. And we're going to, we're going to pretend it's to thank the nurses. So when you, when we, when we do talk about stupidity, it does, and I do say it's not, it's not just the right wings. If, you know, I'm not mm. just complaining about this. I'm complaining about, you know, it's our family. Shit. You know, I'm complaining about our friends. I'm complaining about Donald Trump. I'm going to, you know, the world, the human species, and even things like that. There's a fucking agenda. What's the agenda? I want votes. Okay. So I better not say this is serious. I better say furphy it around and say we're doing our very best. The whole thing, the whole construct, and you know, it applies to what I said about food in Africa. The whole construct of human species is thick. Mm. Now, it's not thick, right? We can, we're, we're about to fly a, a, a rocket into an asteroid. And as I said before, if we had an asteroid coming for us, we'd probably fix that because it's yeah. kind of manly and kind of, you know, military. I mean, we were talking about the military. But we're educated fucking idiots. Uh, not everyone's yeah. educated, but like we're not thick. We can do we can do amazing shit with science. We can build rockets, all that. Yeah, but we're also fucking Egypts. Like not everybody ground, okay. But in general, in general, the human species is so impressive. The things we've come up with collectively, but it's not really collective. It's a handful of people that are brilliant, and everyone else is a fucking dose. But one of the ways, just to to, to sort of deflate this away from you know current events, is to look at what happened with nuclear arms so over a period of like I, I guess 1940 to 1960 20 years which is not long you take 20 years off you're back to 2001 right 
Um, what was it you said? If I if I t- if I take whatever I've lived off, I was saying to you the night about taking whatever I've lived off my age now. I'm back at the 1916 rising. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, where did mine? So I have to work that out. So basically, like, so I'm 32, and I was born in 89. So that brings me back to 87, 57. So 57. Yeah. That's really weird. 1957. That feels fucking old. I'm, I'm as close. I'm as close to being born as I am to have been alive in 57. But yours is 1916. Yeah. Fuck's sake. The Easter Rising. The Easter Rising, so, little Sean, whacking three street urchins out of the way, yeah. saying, I'm going for my pint, and that's all that matters. So we have we have this nuclear thing, which is in the middle of, I mean, it was developed in the Manhattan Project, blah, blah, blah. Einstein was involved with it. In fact, when they invented it, Einstein, who's no slouch, sort of said, uh, this could be bad, right? They were warning about it. That whole Google and, and, do no evil and, shit. And, yeah, and exactly, exactly. And what did America do? They went, fuck that, make the bomb. And they dropped it twice, right? Which Make they, it go boom, boom. Which they did credit. Basically, America's answer to everything. Which they did credit uh, themselves with ending the war when, I don't know, 240 or whatever number thousand uh, of people died in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Or is it Hiroshima? Hiroshima. But you end up then with this thing, this lethal thing that can torch a whole city yeah. in minutes, what do we do? We build more of them. And we, we, we enter the Cold War, which is basically millions. <coughs> like these things, you have to build a rocket, you've got to build transfugal whatever it is, you've got to build, a, a, you know, presumably a computer program, you've got to build Mad launching shit. pads, you've got to build bur- bury them underground, you've got to cool them. Millions. Now, you have to hire the catering staff for all the people to do You have to make those. sandwiches for the meetings. <laughs> Sorry, good <laughs> Coffee, you know, you've got to build buildings. And all of that money, all of that money was American taxpayer money. Yeah. Be it a corporation. They can't taxes. have an NHS though. They can't. They can't have an NHS. They can't, they can't have mothers. college for free. They can't have but, mothers have, uh, you know, someone to look after their children. Oh, God, no. But all through life, uh, my life, this has been building and building and building to the point now where Pakistan and India have fucking uh, nuclear warheads aimed at each other, where China yeah. have them, where France have them, where where and 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 the only use these things are for it's to is, decimate is blowing the planet up. And at no point have and this is what I mean by stupidity. Yeah. These are governments, these are presidents, these are uh, you know. Okay, but think soldiers. about right now. Okay, the fuel costs have fucking shot up, and you go, ooh. I wonder how long it'll be before America decides to bring democracy to somebody because that's usually what happens when we're not in charge of the fuel prices globally. Fuck this. We're going to bring democracy. Meanwhile, nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. And that's exactly what has happened all throughout. This is what's going to fucking happen. But just to finish the point, not just nuclear, because then we have to build, we have the sandwiches, but we also have to build arms, guns, aircraft carriers. Uh, Harrier jump jets. And the thing is, if they didn't spend so much fucking money on all this nuclear shit to nuke places so that they can control the price of oil and shit, they could just, you know, work on nuclear fusion and other energy sources. That's where I'm going. Think about kitting out a soldier. Think about a soldier. Think about paying the soldier's salary or his widow and widow orphaned children's salary. Think about the amount. And all of that is taxpayer money. Like, to, to Bill Hicks in 94 remove all of that and we can feed and clothe mm. and vaccinate the world. Yeah. Not one human being accepted and explore space, both inner and outer, together in peace. And we couldn't have an affordable third level education in the US because if we did that how would we how would we fill out the army? I know. <laughs> 
it's just a, round and around it goes. So look, we're not saying that there isn't conspiracy theories or lobbyists or people that are bad faith actors. But remember, you, the royal you, are the ones who invent, who invented, watched his show and voted for Donald Trump or Orban or brought this new level of thinking that the you know the American election was rigged or the COVID is a fix. You're the people. The people, the royal you are out there and they're big. They're half, they're a quarter, whatever size they are. And they're now have megaphones of social media. And, you know, whether it's your, you know, the the, the, the idea of the, the nurses in Ireland getting a, a special bank holiday for themselves right in the middle of Paddy's Day is a great example of, of how fucked up the world is and yes that's capitalism trying to make a book out of nurses do you know what we should actually do in fairness everyone has forgotten since 9-11 they were huge and like nobody gives a shit about the firefighters anymore what we should do is create another I know there's Halloween and stuff but we should create a really big bonfire night to remember <laughs> all the all the lost firefighters and their bravery it's like that fucking yeah, level we can have a special bank holiday on the day after Halloween bank holiday <laughs> to celebrate the firefighters who died putting out the fires of Halloween the day before. <laughs> so, we li- so you know, we live in a stupid world and we have to accept that. We live in a world full of stupid people. I'm not saying myself and the Don are this enlightened group. We are I also sceptical. <laughs> yes. also- you couldn't see. I know the listeners can't see, but Sean was wagging his finger furiously at us when he was saying that. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm not saying that I know I have all the answers, but the point is that we have to put faith in things that are actually the things we're most proud of. We're most proud of our ability to understand how the world or the body or science or physics works. The new show by Professor Brian Cox called Universe is worth checking out. It's fantastic. And it shows us how fucking tiny we are in the grand scheme of things and how nothing really matters. But what I don't think is happening is that there's some nefarious cabal, apart from capitalism, maybe, yeah. that's trying to kind of, I don't know. I would say, I mean, yeah, keep asking questions. And yes, there's a lot of politics involved. And yeah, there are greedy, bad faith actors. But I would also remind people, it's okay to ask questions. When I don't, I have, I don't know if everybody else has, if you've sat in a chemo ward with somebody you love, you're not then shitting on all the scientists that worked on the reason why, in my case, my mum, the reason why my mum's alive Whereas if she caught bre- she had breast cancer 20 years before, she'd be dead. So at, at that point, you kind of humble yourself a wee bit and go, you know what, it's okay to ask questions, but to shit all over the people who have been the heroes helping us and taking care of us. And when you're scared in hospital with something wrong with you or your child or someone you love, remember that moment to maybe shut the fuck up on shit you don't know. Because I want to go for a pint. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else has been going on? In this horrible year, worst year so far in my life, has been uh, my father dying and lots of other people dying. Around and there was me, the incident. Which was the, the incident was I. Uh, uh, I broke my pole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny because I had COVID in the house, and so I was kind of nursemaid for quite a bit. And the day I got out of isolation, Sean said, "Get in the car. I've surprised you. We're going to do something nice." And took me for a night away. He said, "You've been." nursemaid for everyone so it's just a little treat for you and we checked in and as we were walking towards the lift to go find our room show went down like the fucking twin towers bang 
So I have ankles like Bambi, as I put it, from when I played football. I used to always go over on my ankle. And once you start going over on your ankle, as those of you who go over on your ankle a lot, you know that it keeps happening because apparently when you go over on your ankle first, you tear some tendons or neurons or something. Synapses. In your brain. Synapses, maybe is the right word. So it continues to happen with increasing regularity. So you have to, physiotherapists will tell you to think about putting your foot down when you're on unsteady ground. But anyway, I was just walking across. It wasn't the hotel's fault, just a mildly cobbled... Uh, foyer and I just went over on my ankle and uh, broke But you know why that happened? I know I've said it to you but I'm going to say it to you again because you were walking ahead of me when you should always be walking <laughs> behind me and I, I'm I, the mammy in me so when Sean often goes for the ankle but I, my hand always shoots out really quickly and I think it's a thing of having kids you, the hand just goes out because they'll run to the road and stuff like that but you were walking ahead of me like some sort of Persian fucking prince <laughs> so I couldn't catch you. Anyway I do it regularly uh, and it's uh very very painful it's like a sprain you see footballers do it and, but anyway in this case I broke a bone in my foot I had a possible ankle bone possible tarsal I'm not sure I need to go for an MRI scan but I've been hobbling around on crutches with a big Darth Vader boot for the last couple of weeks which will continue for another couple of weeks and I can't really wait until this year is over to be quite honest because it's been probably the worst in terms of death and general shitness Anus horribles. It's been my anus horribles. <laughs> um, the other thing is, we some of you write and say keep coming at us with uh, little ideas. We watched Tiger King, the follow up, which was dreadful. yeah, it was shite. It was shite. Yeah. You know, I mean, we knew it was going to be. They're just milking that oily rag, but I know um, I've mixed up. And, uh, <laughs> Speaking great... of milking, actually, mm. nice <laughs> so I know, I know, I just I was a bit late there. But uh, speaking of milking it. After my isolation, so I didn't have to tell you to myself for ages, which was devastating. So as the first day, I was like, what will I watch here? Now, I had seen a couple of articles on random shitty newspapers and stuff about the Channel 4, which is a UK channel, has this, I think it's monthly, a monthly documentary. And I had seen a few things about adult nursing relationships. And I was like, right, okay, this, this sounds like a bit of crack. I'll watch this now. Don't think it'll be a family show. So it, they follow a few different people. But my favourite have to be Button and Tip. Right. Button's your one. Tip is your man. <laughs> so Button says, we decided to share our adult nursing relationship to help others. People think it's a sex life thing, but it's not a sex thing. But the only way to share it with anybody is through a porn site because you can't post it to Facebook. So Tip is her boyfriend who's, he was adopted from Korea and he reckons that that's why he needs to be breastfed. What age is he? Ah, they're in their 30s or 40s, touching 40. So he's like. just basically drinking from the fountain. Yeah. So now, interesting they didn't mention her kids because somebody else was doing it and had kids, didn't feature the kids, but mentioned the kids. But she's obviously had kids. So what happens with, with breastfeeding is that if those ducts have been activated at any point, like a woman of any age can produce milk if you try hard enough. And you probably have to take a load of, like... Hormones. No. Um, Estrogen. No, like vitamins, like, you know, supplements. You take these supplements to um, bring it along. There's a whole lot of pumping and dumping. But eventually it can be done. And this is what she has done so she can breastfeed her boyfriend. Now, my favourite thing is that quote saying, you know, she wants to destigmatize it and people think it's a sex life thing. And it's absolutely not. And I went, oh, interesting. So I went on to Pornhub. <laughs> and uh, on Pornhub, 
They have 531 videos, by the way, if anyone wants to have a look, because they're, they're, some of them are lovely videos, in fairness, they're very good. Um, her, her, she's wolf radish. And amongst their 531 videos, they have pretend threesome with a sex doll, lots of oral and 69, him duct taped all over except his cock and her riding him, her masturbating him, masturbating. You can't put that on Facebook. Them masturbating <laughs> while she breastfeed, while she breastfeeds him. Uh, <clears throat> Doggy style, blowjob tutorials, her smoking through sex. I, I won't even get into the rest of it, but quite a lot of it features the breastfeeding. <laughs> so this entire thing was bollocks. So when I was in, um, I lived for three years in Bangkok and we talked about this uh, apropos the trans thing before where, yeah. you know, I've, the Thais have a very, I think, re- respectful and, you know, just non-dramatic Different way of looking appro- at it. Not non-dramatic approach to people who want to be uh, third sex or whatever. But there's also an awful lot of people in Bangkok, men who decide to become women, the lady boys, as they're called. And men can express milk as well, right? Well, no, they can't, right? It's not milk, it's puss. Okay, well, I I think we should do our own research on that because there are are Amazon examples where a woman has died in childbirth and the husband is able to breastfeed. And I've seen milk coming out. Yeah, but it's not milk. Well, okay. That's the point. It seems to sustain the child anyway. So when a lot of uh, men get breast augmentation or t- start taking estrogen, it used to happen an awful lot. So I remember actually with someone who, uh, I won't say his name, but uh, you'll know who he is, uh, was over there. We were we used to do this tour of Papong. And a lot of the lady boys, in order to prove to prospective clients or Johns or whatever that they were actually <laughs> women would take out their tit and express milk and go, if I was a man, how can I do this? Which was kind of sealed the deal for a lot of men until they got home and found a cock. I remember like dragging people away from these people going, you know, we're going now to the next club. And they're going, no, this is definitely a woman. Like she showed me, she she uh, expressed milk. And I said, what woman do you, that you know, in order to prove that she would a woman, will whip out her tit and start squirting <laughs> you with milk? Right. Now they all go, oh yeah, <laughs> right. So, so that was uh, that was. But yeah, there's loads of um, obviously with Facebook's about the obviously would be loads of breastfeeding support groups and stuff like that. Within some of these groups, there has been a huge influx of trans women, and I've seen some of the posts. That, I'm, not, I'm not in the groups, but I've seen them shared elsewhere. You've got a trans woman saying that she's had a phantom, or not a phantom pregnancy, but I don't know what word she used, but a simulated pregnancy. She's been working with all the supplements and working on doing the breastfeeding thing, and she was wondering if anybody would offer up their child so that she, anybody who's struggling, that she that so that she would have the experience of breastfeeding. Well, whatever about pushing a baby out through your vagine, I'd love to see uh, a man pushing one out through the eye of his cock. That would be very interesting. <laughs> Probably get fucking cancelled for that now. Anyway, um, what else? Uh, what else? Oh yeah, the last thing I think we should finish on is Garth fucking Brooks. Uh, Garth Garth Brooks. Garth fuck. So oh, oh no, actually the Toy Show. Let's start with the Toy Show and come on to Garth Brooks. The right, show. the Toy Show. Anyone Irish? Just on Friday. Just yeah. two, two days. Right, the Late Late Toy Show. So we have in Ireland a very long running program every Friday night called the Late Late Show, and it's like mixed topics that have some happy stuff some celebrity stuff something really fucking depressing and then something uplifting but once a year children take over and it's a toy show you get your Christmas jammies on kids get to stay up it starts at half nine you get to stay up late it's a huge thing and basically um, it's like a big infomercial where the kids uh, show the latest toys and the toys are in the shops that everyone are looking at the stuff that you can't get usually turns out to be shite it doesn't work the kid can't but they get precocious kids on they get entertaining kids on 
they perform, they do all that. It's quite funny. It's, it's just an Irish institution. A lot of foreign people just can't get into it, which I get. It was on Friday night, and um, <clears throat> one of the guest appearances was Ed Sheeran. Now, Ed Sheeran came on towards the end with a whole bunch of kids just wearing his jeans and runners the way Ed Sheeran does, played along, sang with someone, asked all the kids if they would like to come to his big concert tour that he's doing here, proceeded to sit down and play a game where you stick something on your nose and you have to draw the person in front of you with your nose. He, he sketched a girl, with, in a, a guy, and was it a guy or a girl? I can't remember. Yeah. In a wheelchair, and uh, you know, it was just an all-round good egg. And I've never listened to any Ed Sheeran shit. But I tell you, he's a nice young fella. I'll tell you one thing about Ed Sheeran. Every time I've seen Ed Sheeran anywhere, I just go, "What a fucking decent chap that guy is." You know, to your lobbying thing, he's not marketing. He's he's just doing stuff because he's decent, and he seems like a decent lad. But I looked it up actually while the show was on because we're going to get to Garth Brooks in a minute. Ed Sheeran is worth something like $260 million. That's his net worth. $260 million means you don't have to appear on a cheesy toy show in Dublin at the end of November. In 2014, Garth Brooks was planning a five-concert show in Dublin, the biggest stadium in Dublin, Croke Park. And actually, what happened? Why why was it bad? Okay, so you weren't here for that. You weren't. uh, It was fucking bizarre. So, I mean, like, I kind of knew every so often you'd be like, sing song, and so I'm like, oh, take, and you've got the guitar, and like, do the river, do Garth Books the river. So you kind of knew there was a bit of a following, but I, I didn't understand. And then suddenly it was announced that he was going to have these shows in Croke Park, but he wanted to have five, and he was told, fuck off, no, because the residents of Croke Park had an agreement, and they weren't, they weren't, they didn't agree to that. live around the stadium in yeah. the city, yeah. So they were, they were having none of it. Because bear in mind, when this happens, they get all these dickheads coming along, pissing in their gardens and all that kind of shit. Probably not for Garth Brooks, though. Uh, you'd be surprised because... It's not exactly Iron Me. Well, I was in I was in my early 20s and an awful lot of people around me, like my brother, for example, he got tickets. I was fucking thrilled it was cancelled. Um, <laughs> dickhead. But people camped out for three nights to get tickets. People yeah. went apeshit. And I think part of it was the fucking... It just kind of built on this ridiculous hype that everyone thought it was a big fucking thing. Basically, he threw his toys out of the pram. He couldn't get all five nights. So I'm not coming at all. Fine. I don't give a shout. Delighted. I was fucking thrilled to see a lot of people. I know. It was about all the people I don't like, actually. So I was fucking thrilled to see them miss their fucking concert. But he's come back now and he's like, he's just so honoured. And he's been granted five. But last I read, he's not sure if he's going to do the whole five. He might not be able to fill them. But he really felt that... His journey isn't complete and he's not ready to retire. He doesn't feel his journey is complete until he gets to finish in Ireland. And it's just, it's so, and he's just fucking whinging and whining about how important it is. And I'm going, listen, lad, you told us to fuck off when you couldn't get your way a couple of years ago. Stop whinging now as if it's so important and life won't be the same unless you get to finish. Piss off. The Irish media, most notably Virgin Media, if you're listening, you sellouts. They all got on the bandwagon with an exclusive and Garth Brooks came over and he was standing atop Crow Park and he was claiming about how important Ireland is to him, like some seppo. And he was just disgusting. And of course, the floodgates opened when ticket sales started and he sold something like 400,000 tickets. And Garth Brooks is worth 400 million, apropos my Ed Sheeran comment. But Garth Brooks is just You wouldn't get that behaviour out of Ed Sheeran shithead and he he behaved like one and shame on you anyone who's bought a ticket I don't care how much you like his shitty music he's a shit 
Right, is that a podcast? Have we done one? I think so. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. I've sufficiently shouted into the ether for today. <laughs> Look after yourselves with Omnicom and uh, sick and uh, don't get sick. And uh, we will see you for our last show of the year, which will be something equally spectacular, I hope, uh, at the end of December. Take her easy. And if she's easy, take her twice. Bye. Bye. Bye.